0: Welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm Bob McGregor with a special guest today. Uh, Dave Barker uh, is our usual co-host, is not here today, but uh, you have heard Dave and I mention a friend by the name of Dr. Uh, Craig Carter in our conversation about catechism, something that uh, more and more pastors are concerned about. And in that podcast, uh, Dave mentioned that Craig is probably the guy we want to talk to having written a book. And so Craig, welcome to our Thinking about it podcast.
1: Uh, thanks. It's great to be with you, Bob.
0: Uh, Craig, you are, um, you have been a research professor at Tyndale. You' recently retired. Uh, you are also uh, you hold an interesting position at Westney Heights Baptist Church, a church I know well having lived in that area. You are a theologian in residence, which I think is really cool. I wish more churches would make space for that. And in that capacity, you developed uh, your book on catechism, and I read the cover of it, and it says it's a, a Westney catechism. So this is what you use in an actual local church.
1: Uh, yes, that's right. Uh, the way we use it is that uh, this book, <coughs> there's a catechism, with uh, question and answers, traditional catechism. It's a, it's a, it's a catechism that I wrote to, uh, myself, which were, were in conjunction with our pastor, and it's um it's in the tradition of Keach's catechism and Spurgeon's uh, catechism and the the particular Baptist heritage and tradition, but it's um it's uh, adapted a bit and it's, so wait you know,
0: do, I didn't know we had a, a tradition. Maybe I just don't understand it. So what do you mean by in that? tradition? Is that a theological tradition?
1: Yeah, well, um, we Baptists are not very aware of our history. So, in the 20th century, catechism for most Baptists is something that uh, Catholics do. Yeah. That they don't even know uh, ever was part of the Baptist tradition. But when particular Baptists began in the 1600s in um, England, um, the original Second London Confession of Faith, which we 1689, which was a modif- like, uh, slight modification of the, Westminster Catechism, of the Westminster Confession. That confession was adopted by the particular Baptist churches of, of London and surrounding areas, and it became the Confession of Faith that identified particular Baptists, differentiated us from the Presbyterians, only in the area of church government and baptism. And um, differentiated us from the General Baptists because uh, the the Second London Confession is reformed. But um, and this Second London Confession, by the way, came over to North America and it became the basis of uh, of confessions used by various uh, regular Baptist uh, um, associations in Atlantic Canada, in Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. and New Hampshire, and other places. And it has been. Now, now the particular Baptist Calvinistic or Reformed tradition has been somewhat overwhelmed by the a mm-hmm. uh, large number of Armenian Baptists that uh, that are uh, that that came into being during the nineteenth century.
0: Okay, so would you say uh, that a, a confession—that's what we're talking about? When we talk about catechism; it's the same right. thing.
1: Coming to the point uh, that um, that the you know how the Westminster Confession. Uh, there's a larger catechism and a smaller catechism that goes with that. The Baptists did exactly the same thing. So the the Baptists of the 17th century had their Second London Confession, but they also created Benjamin Keach was the guy who created a catechism for Baptists, and it went along with the convention, confession. And uh, sometimes they're published together in little in in various uh, publications: the the confession and the the catechism. So this was normal for 17th century. 18th century Baptist. By the time of the 19th century, Spurgeon had to recover it. Um, Spurgeon had to had to go back and take uh, teach his catechism and and revive it and and use it in his church in London in Spurgeon's tabernacle, and he did in the 19th century. But by the 20th century, especially in North America, the whole idea of us having a confession and the whole idea of us being reformed Protestants and the whole idea of us using catechism. All of this became uh, was sort of in the rearview mirror. It was, uh, it was. It, we have we have drifted away from our roots historically, and this is uh, this is the problem. So this book is an attempt to recapture those roots, to go back into that history, and to um, and to be um, what we were originally. So, Athens, so or in, your, best, in your in your book, catechism. are
0: you are you revisiting those catechisms, or are you actually uh, creating a new one?
1: I revisited them in my research, but the book actually creates a new one. Now, by new, we must understand it's not different theologically. Right. You know, the, it's new in the sense that it's up, it's up to date in today's uh, language. But the, the catechisms of the 17th century um, all followed a certain pattern. So they covered the, the Apostles' Creed, the, uh, the uh, baptism, the Ten Commandments, Lord's Prayer, Lord's Supper, and, and that was, you know, the creed, the Ten Commandments, and the Lord's Prayer would be the essence of it, and then there might be some uh, some emphasis on baptism and Lord's Supper as well. But what I did was I'm, I divided it into seven sections, and so here, here's how they go. The, and the last one is going to be the distinctive. Um, we cover the Apostles' Creed. What is baptism? That's where we talk about regeneration, being born again. Then we talk about the Ten Commandments, and that's the ethics of the Christian life. And then the Lord's Supper, the ongoing spirituality of worship. And then the Lord's Prayer, how do we pray? We follow the Lord's Prayer. And the final section is actually one that is not found in the historic Reformation Confessions, but which I have added, and that is on the mission of the Church. It is uh, question 78 to 84, deal with the Great Commission, because the Great Commission is what we're here to do. Between the first and second comings of Christ, and as Baptists, we should emphasize that um, we should emphasize evangelism and mission as uh, integral and central to to what we're what we're supposed to be accomplishing. So when we catechize Christians, we we, we teach Christians about how to um, live the Christian life. They have to know what to believe, what the Apostles' Creed. They have to understand their conversion baptism. They need to understand what it means to live a Christian life, the sanctification uh, through the uh, example of the Ten Commandments. They need to understand worship, the centrality of worship, the Lord's Supper, and the centrality of the Lord's Supper in worship. And mm-hmm. they need to understand right, yeah. so corporate and individual worship. And then they need to understand what is our mission as Christians. So that's what this. Uh, that's what this. So the book is is includes the catechism, but it exp- explains the catechism. It's sort of a teacher's manual for those teaching the catechism.
0: So uh, how bad is it today? Because a lot of the things you just mentioned, I think if you bounce around long enough in a typical evangelical church, you'll get that. But I don't know that that's the same as being catechized. Is there a difference?
1: Um, you might get it, get it, to quote you. Uh, you might get it in a very vague and general sense, but I don't think you get it systematically and clearly and logically. And right. The point of this is to, to, to teach people the basic essence of the faith so that they can understand the basics of what we are to believe. Now, there'll be many sermons and many lessons that they'll hear, uh, which we'll, you know, elaborate and apply and go further and talk about. But where do they get the very basics? Like, what is the—where where, do they get the, the very uh, core doctrines of the faith? justification by faith, and, you know, what is God, and those sorts of questions. Um, very often, we presuppose a lot of things, you know, teaching and preaching, and, and I'm convinced that uh, a lot of things that we pastors think should be clear are going right over the heads for our people. Do
0: you remember the days of Navigators when everyone, it seemed to me, was using those little books? Um, was that catechism in some sense? It was discipleship, they called it. But would that be close yeah. to what we're talking about?
1: Well, we did the Navigator 2.7 program in our church uh, 25 years ago, and, uh, and it's something similar in the sense that there's a disciplined approach to, uh, to Bible memorization. The, the Navigator's program was almost all Bible memorization, and um, so this is different in that it's a little more historically grounded, and it's a little more uh, focused on theology, not just uh, on on Bible memorizing, and a little more focused on practical Christian living and prayer and worship and mission. okay so
0: you're like you've got an amazing uh, position you're in a uh, the academy and you're also in a local church um, so you're you have to live with this stuff so in in at Westney, um, how does this work, How do, or how are you envisioning it working? Maybe you're in process there, but if someone were to get serious about catechism and use yours or another resource, what? how long would that take? Is it something someone does individually, or is it classes? Or help us walk through what that looks like.
1: Well, we're still in the process of implementing this, Um it has been years. It has taken literally years to—I've uh, I've been there 15 years now. So um, it has been a long process. Uh, writing the book, getting it published was a process. Um, I have taught it in Sunday school, and I've done various—I taught all of the sections of this book in various venues. So I taught a, uh, an adult Sunday school class on the Apostles' Creed. I did a sermon series on the Ten Commandments. Uh, I did a sermon series on the Lord's Supper, sermon series on the the Lord's Prayer, etc. But the way we practically use the book today is in membership class. So what we did was a few years ago, we decided that the only way you can become a member of Wesley Heights Baptist Church is if you give a credible profession of faith and you go through a membership class where you study this book. And so, um, so there's an eight week class that uh, the pastor conducts, where he uses the book, and uh, members uh, read the book. Everybody gets a free copy, and they um, they read it, and they come together to discuss it. And um, the pastor leads that discussion and answers questions. You get so, to, you, all of that in eight weeks. Right. So so they so the book is about hundred and one hundred and. Sixty pages long, or so. 100, well, there's, it's about 150 pages plus the catechism itself. And um, uh, yeah, that's what we do. We we um, we study the Apostles' Creed in three weeks, in the Lord Ten Commandments in two weeks, baptism a week, Lord's Supper week, etc. The um, the point of it is to establish a floor or a foundation that we we want over time everybody in the church to have. Have have encountered the Lord's Prayer, the Great Commission, the the, uh, the, the Apostles' Creed, etc. We want them to have at least we know that they've all encountered those things when they became members. So, so when you so, so you can't become a member without going through the course. And so this is not like all the teaching a person needs. Right. About uh, uh, we're trying to establish a floor for further teaching in Sunday school and preaching in the morning services. So that we, sure, there may be visitors who haven't gone through this, but the members all have got this as a basic, and we hope that they'll be deepening their understanding of these things throughout their lives.
0: Are they required to memorize anything?
1: Uh, no, they, they're not required to memorize, but the, the question at this point, the question-answer process is is done as a way of clearly giving an answer, which you then can discuss the answer. But, the, but it's, that, that's the point of the catechism at this point. Now, however, I have done little booklets, and, and um, one of the things we want to do is to encourage parents to use catechism in their uh, families. And I think the way to do that is to do what many churches are now doing, which is to read a um, section or a question and answer or two or three questions and two or three answers from the catechism Uh, In each uh, Sunday service. So many Presbyterian churches do this with the Westminster Catechism. Mm -hmm. We would like to do this uh, in our church at some point and and say to people, uh, okay, for the next year, we're going to go through the catechism and it's going to take about a year and we're going to each Sunday. We're going to have a question and an answer Mm -hmm. or two or three questions and two or three answers. Uh, They're to grouped together in, in yeah,
0: session. We, we did that here at Grandview uh, with the New City Catechism just to kind of see how it went. And, of course, there's an app that goes with that. Uh, we haven't done it again. It's I think it's the kind of thing that needs to be revisited. But uh, it was an attempt to to get t- to catechism. And there were a number of people who said, ah, this doesn't feel good. You know, it's just not what we're used to that. Uh, well, Craig uh, Carter, we have a 15-minute podcast, and we're just about out of time. I told you this would fly by pretty quick. Uh, they can pick up your book where?
1: Well, it's available from uh, uh, H&E Publishing uh, here in Ontario, um, but it's on Amazon, and it can be ordered uh, through Amazon. That's probably the best way. It's, uh, it should be in print. It's an on-demand kind of publication, so you should be able to get copies. If you're interested in bulk copies, I would suggest you contact Chance Faulkner at HE Publishing. They're available on the internet and uh, see what he can do for you in terms of a deal.
0: Well, thank you, Craig, for being on the call with us today and for doing your work. And I'm going to look forward to getting a copy of that myself. Until then, I'm Bob McGregor, and uh, we'll see you next week on Thinking About
1: It.